ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Tuesday, June 13th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan, here until 6 o'clock, and we've got the text line open for you. It's 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's our text line. You can be a part of the program today. You can also find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. Looking forward to hearing from you and all of your comments. And contrary to popular belief, I do see and read all of your text. If I haven't read your text on the air, it's because I didn't get it. So that, I just want to point that out. There was some misinformation going on today in social media that I don't read all your texts. And that is lies. I see all of them. And if I don't see it, it's because you didn't send it in correctly. And you know who you are when I'm talking to you right now. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into what we're going to get into today. First of all, last night, game you heard right here on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930. Game 5 ended up giving the Nuggets its first NBA championship. Denver got the win over Miami, 94-89. to That was actually a pretty good game. I hated the series to go just 5, and it was a 4-1 finish. I would have loved to have seen 6 or 7. I think that it would have been more compelling if this could have gone the distance, but... TV ratings for Game 5 slightly up from last year, 13.084 million, the number that I saw today. So people were – it's flat. It's it's flat from year to year. That's not bad. It didn't go backwards. So now we'll see if things can move forward. I don't know if you didn't have familiar teams. I mean, the, sure, the Heat are familiar enough, but you didn't have familiar teams – playing for the NBA championship would would Lakers Celtics brought more eyeballs to the NBA championship. I mean there are a lot of people who like having a different team every year, keeping it open, keeping it competitive. Yeah, that's fine. I like a few teams more than others when it comes to hey, what what series do I want to watch? But at the end of the day, it was a uh, it was a dominating series for the Nuggets, so congratulations to them. Now coming up tonight, and you can listen to that on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. It's going to be Game Five of the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. Las Vegas will play host to Florida. The Golden Knights have a three-one lead in that series, and again, that's been disappointing to me so far. I thought that this could go the distance. Now we are talking about the Florida Panthers here. This is the team that came back on the best team in the regular season, the Boston Bruins. So here we are. Is this the start of the comeback? It would be epic to see Florida come back on Vegas but it feels like this might be a done deal. Whatever the case may be, we've got it for you on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. I'll be listening tonight, watching a little bit of that one. But don't forget, we've got baseball back for you. The Pirates were off yesterday. So were the Cleveland Guardians. Both teams are in action today. 
The Bucks are opening up a series with the Cubs. They're in Chicago, 8.05 first pitch. You can listen to that game right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. The Guardians opening up a series in San Diego. That's going to be a late one, 9.40 for those of you looking for some late evening baseball. And the Reds get the win over the Royals yesterday in 10 innings, 5-4. Game 2 of the series coming up tonight, 8-10 in Kansas City. And keeping up with what's happening with the Charleston Dirty Birds in the Atlantic League, Charleston opening up a series at Long Island, 6.35 p.m. Yesterday, I was also watching a little college baseball because I was pooling for Southern Miss to beat Tennessee. Southern Miss was hosting a Super Regional. Second year in a row that that has happened. And it would have been amazing for the Sun Belt to get Southern Miss advanced. Wasn't the case. This series went three, so no shame here. Tennessee beating Southern Miss five to nothing. Would have been fantastic for Sunbelt Baseball to have Southern Miss advance. And, of course, when I mean Sunbelt Baseball, I mean Southern Miss because Southern Miss last year being a Conference USA team, moving with Marshall, with Old Dominion, and coming along for the ride, JMU, Southern Miss, that would have been fantastic. Been a great coup for the Sun Belt to get Southern Miss advance and maybe a, a legitimate shot at winning the College World Series. So that wasn't the case. However, that means only one thing. I think uh, they're going to reload again. Southern Miss is really good. I mean, come on. Let's be honest. We know this for years. As Marshall fans, we know this with Southern Miss, that Southern Miss, it's basically it's football season, it's baseball season, and it's getting ready for football season. Those are the seasons in Hattiesburg. No other seasons. Maybe basketball will slip in there now and then. Absolutely. It'll slip in there now and then. But it's baseball season, football season, and getting ready for football season. And maybe sometimes in that order, maybe not. It's a good problem to have when you're Southern Miss. Uh, definitely standing out in baseball. And I've said this time and time again, and I, I honestly hope that no one takes this the wrong way, but if Southern Miss is good, the Sun Belt's better. I felt that way when Conference USA was in its prime. When Southern Miss was good, Conference USA was better. Absolutely. And I think you have to have Southern Miss as one of your elite programs. It just elevates the league for some reason. Conference USA, I felt some of the prime seasons of Conference USA included an elite Southern Miss in the league. Now, that's not to say that if Marshall's good, that the Sun Belt won't be better. What I'm saying is Southern Miss is one of those programs that bring you a lot of cachet. It's a program that brings you a lot of credibility. And I think that's what, as Marshall fans, you're hoping for. You're in a league now with programs that bring you a lot of credibility as you try to build your reputation as a league and build your reputation in college athletics. You don't want to get wins against nobodies, right? I think that's what we're all saying. You don't want to win against nobodies. We saw that years ago. We saw that years ago, right? No, I don't think that. 
I don't think that. Maybe a younger version of me would have told you that, yeah, Marshall was just feasting on nobodies in the Mid-American Conference. And I think the Mid-American Conference responded quite nicely to the inclusion of Marshall in the league. And football got better in the Mid-American Conference. And it became a little bit more competitive. That was before Marshall jumped in the Conference USA. But you don't want to beat up nobodies. I mean, maybe you do. You tell me. 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255. You want as strong of a schedule as you can. You want a schedule you can win and get better with and still be competitive. I don't think you want to load up on easy schools. And that's not to say Marshall's schedules in the past have just been deliberately loaded up with easy schools. I think what you're looking for is you're looking for like institutions that are competitive and you want to have some difficulty as well. I think you want to find games that give you a challenge. Now, of course, there's always the proverbial money game, but we saw how that worked out for Notre Dame. Didn't work out, did it? So you put a school like Marshall on the schedule and it's not necessarily going to be a a lesser foe for uh, some of these schools. As again, Notre Dame found out. Can we see an upset with Marshall score an upset against Ohio State? A lot of her fans are hoping so. All right, we'll uh, get your text in 304 396 Talk, 304 396 8255. Name, image, and likeness in the news again. There's been some more reporting on a few bills that could make their way to the floor and we're talking federal bills here we're talking congress congress involvement here congressional involvement with name image and likeness because last week you know several sec sports leaders visited washington to advocate for federal legislation why because this thing has gotten out of hand It is absolutely the wild, wild west right now. There is no true direction. And the haves sometimes can't compete with the have-nots because the have-nots are figuring out how to game the system. We're finally seeing Kentucky get in on this. I saw Jim Harbaugh was quoted as saying that you know, they need to get involved with this a lot more, make sure their kid has a car. Because, like, yeah, all, all his kids, yeah, all these players are like his kids. Want to make sure they have a car to go to, um, go to the internship and um, don't want their kids to be eating ramen noodles, which absolutely nothing wrong with ramen noodles. I just want to point that out right now. Nothing wrong with ramen noodles. But – more of the power schools are starting to catch back up here because we've seen some interesting developments over the last few years. How did, how did UCF get so good so fast in college basketball? How did UCF do that? How did Tulane get good so fast in football and play on the national stage? How did that happen? Well, because, again, you can use this system to get better almost instantly, and that's the transfer portal, that's name, image, and likeness. If you know what you're doing and you can work it, and you can work it to your advantage, you can put together a really good team really quick. 
There's no more rebuilds. There's no more, hey, we are rebuilding. There, No, that does not exist anymore. You can develop your team, but again, tr- transfer portal, your team might not be the same team next year because some of your development projects might move along. So there's no more, we're rebuilding. That is not on the table anymore. Not with this new system. It is go out and get your team and win now. That seems to be the mentality, win now. Now, we're going to put this thing together in a few years. Now, you got to put the infrastructure in. If your program was not set up for success initially, you got to put the infrastructure in, obviously. But it's almost at the point now where that's the mentality. Hey, how's Coach going to hit the transfer portal? we got to bring some kids in. Why wouldn't these kids want to come here? We got to make sure that we're competitive. Name, image, and likeness. We got to make sure we're competitive. We got to work the transfer portal. No excuse for us not to work the transfer portal. I've seen all your comments. It's almost a win now mentality. It probably it is a win now mentality. What am I talking about? It is a win now mentality. So we'll get into that with you. Text line again, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. There's a few uh, potential bills. There's a House bill, there's a Senate bill. There's even a third bill that um, has um, some interesting names attached to it. We'll definitely talk about the bill from the Senate with Tommy Tuberville and Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin, senator here of the great state of West Virginia. There's a bill there that um, has a couple of things in it. We'll break all these down, what those bills possibly mean. We'll get your text in as well. We'll do that when we continue on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday, June 13th edition. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Let's talk name, image, and likeness, and we'll do that with you. The text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We've got so many places we can go with this. So let's get this reset. First of all, We know that there were several SEC sports leaders, Nick Saban. They were in Washington trying to advocate for federal legislation on athlete compensation. Not sure that we're going to get much out of this. Maybe we are. Maybe we're not. You know how Washington works. It doesn't. I try to avoid the politics on this show, but when it comes to sports, I'll dive in, and it just doesn't work. Nothing gets done, or if it does get done, it's going to take so long, we're almost going to be at what the point. So, first of all, let's take you back a little bit. Let's get you refreshed here. NCAA President Charlie Baker outlined a potential timeline for the passage of a college athlete bill, and he's discussed the need for reform in the current NIL structure. So he's a key figure in this. Now, some of the other names that are popping up, and I'm going to go there first because there's a House bill and there's a Senate bill. I won't get too much into the House bill. Here's the highlights of the House bill that possibly could be introduced. It hasn't been introduced yet, but it's being 
it's being worked on. It's being sponsored. It focuses on NIL and includes athlete rights protections. It imposes restrictions such as a 90-day waiting period for signing NIL deals and limitations on endorsement activities. It also would establish the U.S. Intercollegiate Athletics Committee to oversee and manage NIL with athletes required to disclose contracts and deals. Because right now, nobody's required to disclose anything. I don't know how this is going to work because if I am involved in a transaction, do I have to tell you If I get an endorsement deal based on my name, image, and likeness here, right? I mean, I work for a a company. Sure, the radio stations is licensed by the FCC, and and we hold the license in the public trust. But this this isn't a public company. Does it work different with college athletics, with universities? How would that work? But this House bill also would preempt all state NIL laws. So basically, the state of West Virginia, the state of Texas, the state of Florida, any state, pick one. We got 50 of them. Pick a state. If that state imposes its own NIL law, rules, regulations, and what the states are trying to do, the states are trying to game the system here. States are trying to pass laws and legislation, which allow anything that is deemed necessary. Do you think that if the state of West Virginia, or use Texas as an example, you think that the state of Texas is passing NIL laws for the the betterment of student-athletes or just for the betterment of Texas institutions and student-athletes? I mean, this isn't something that, hey, you know, this is a great idea. We should take care of our student-athletes. No, no these, these states are trying to actually game the system here. So the House bill, if it comes to the floor, would preempt all state NIL laws. Now, I want to get into the Senate bill, and the Senate bill involves Joe Manchin. He's part of this. And, of course, we know Joe. He has a a long history with Nick Saban. They're boys. And Saban, of course, was part of an effort to legislate or at least advocate to lawmakers the need of this. So the draft here of this, if, if I understand this correctly here, It's going to prohibit athletes from striking deals until they have completed at least one semester of college. It's also going to give power to the NCAA, which the NCAA, if it would have asserted itself years ago, we wouldn't have this issue. So we're now giving power to an organization which I thought had power. The NCAA. Also, it establishes a medical trust, and it mentions booster-led NIL collectives. Creates a centralized trust funded by revenue-generating college tournaments 
for athlete travel and medical expenses here. But it also prohibits NIL deals related to alcohol, gambling, drug products, and similar restrictions. And this is, again, it's a draft. It hasn't hit the floor yet. So we're talking about practice here. This is a practice bill. But let's go back to the trust. It's going to support travel for an athlete's family to events and cover out-of-pocket medical expenses for athletes. And the trust is funded from, according to the documents that are going around, any revenue-generating college-level tournament or playoff, such as the college football playoff or the NCAA basketball tournaments. Each tournament must deposit at least 1% of annual proceeds into the trust. Long-term medical expenses extended until an athlete reaches 28 years old or eight years after the date on which eligibility of the athlete expires. Here's the kicker. The student must have graduated to be eligible for such medical coverage. Also, it's going to be similar to what's going around in the House bill. You don't want deals that promote alcohol, gambling, drug products. So, hey, no vaping spots. Sorry, right? Can't have vaping spots, drug spots, alcohol spots. So this is what's going on right now. Lawmakers are are, are looking at this stuff because, again, there are different views, the House and the Senate, different beasts altogether. Some lawmakers are looking for a narrow NCAA-friendly approach, and some lawmakers, and it seems to be divided a little bit along party lines, Democrats, like Senator Manchin, are advocating for broader athlete-friendly legislation. I mean, we're talking about a medical trust, right? That's... That's pretty athlete-friendly to me. And I don't know if the two sides can get together and come up with one bill that makes everybody happy but gets the job done. Because we've heard this song and dance before, right? We've absolutely heard this song and dance before. But the House bill seems to focus a little bit on athlete rights, And Joe Manchin's always going to have something that sort of leans to the center. It got some good stuff over here on the right. You got some good stuff over here on the left here. So, again, this is all working in in progress drafts. Now, there's a potential third bill. Senator Jerry Moran introducing a potential bipartisan NIL bill, and he could be joined by Senators Cory Booker and Richard Blumenthal. It could be bipartisan enough to get everybody on board. So there's potential... Okay, here's not a here's here's going to be a bill that can go through the House and the Senate. It's not a House bill. It's not a Senate bill. It's sort of a, it's a, 
it's the compromise bill. I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes. But it all comes down to can lawmakers put their heads together? And now I know we have other things that are going on in the country that probably need our attention a little bit more, right? I would think. But we might see a push here. And we didn't even get into it a couple of days ago. A lot of money's going around, right? A lot of money's going around. Is the IRS getting any of that? Is the IRS getting paid? Here's the thing. There was a memo released from the office of the IRS chief counsel. Donations made to nonprofit NIL collectives, quote, are not tax exempt because the benefits they provide college athletics are not incidental both qualitatively and quantitatively to any exempt purpose. Guess what? This isn't a surprise to anyone. Why would it be? Because how can you claim tax-exempt status when this is basically a commercial transaction? This is a commercial transaction. This isn't someone donating to a scholarship foundation. We're going to donate to the scholarship foundation. And we're going to help fund scholarships. Okay, you know that we can tax deduct that. Hey, I'm going to contribute to facilities. Okay, we can tax deduct that. But NIL, this is not in anyone's mind something that you can get away with as a tax deduction. If it is, you're foolish. If it is in your mind that, hey, you know what, this is a tax deductible. No, it's not. It's money going to student athletes for the, in, for the purpose to, and you fill, the brain, you fill the blanks in here. It's not charity. This is, this is basically, we're not doing this under the table anymore. We're using this as recruiting tools to enhance your school ability to attract recruits. No more, hey, I'm going to Kentucky for the sole purpose of going to Kentucky because Kentucky now has to relent. Kentucky now has to get into the name, image, and likeness business a little bit more than previously desired because nobody's going to Kentucky anymore based on, hey, come to Kentucky. We're the best. It's what name, image, and likeness opportunities do I have? What opportunities? Here's the thing. It's not a charity. Name, image, and likeness is not a charity. It might have benefits. It might have life-altering impact. But it doesn't 
qualify as a charity. A 501c3 must meet these criteria. And again, I am not a legal expert. I am not a tax expert. So I am just a radio sports talk show host who was smart enough to go do some research. And to the best of my understanding, you got to hit all four. You got to be organized and operated exclusively for one of the exempt purposes stated in 501c3. Because um, collectives fall on the general charitable categories, not educational, even if they provide some educational models. Um, no part of their net earnings may benefit a private shareholder or individual. A substantial amount of their activities may not be related to lobbying. They cannot participate in political campaigns. Uh, so the deal here is, and tax-exempt is a federal designation. I mean, can, anyone can say they can operate a charity, right? Anyone can say they can operate a charity. But that's where this is going to, I think, fall under some challenges here. Because I, if I understand this correctly, this isn't a charity. This, this is not a charitable organization here. You're, you're paying for money to pay student-athletes. And I'm not saying that student-athletes should not get paid. I'm not advocating anything against student-athletes getting paid. What I'm saying here is the IRS is going to start coming into this and going, all right, where's our cut? This is not charity. You can't write this stuff off. This is not a charitable donation. You're going to have to pay taxes. All of a sudden... Influx of cash, you're going to have to pay taxes on that. It's an interesting topic that we're going to be talking about, I'm sure, all summer long. As we get better in information, we learn a little bit more about it. But at the end of the day, I would stay away from anything. If you're, your sole purpose to give to any collective, any name, image, and likeness collective and you're thinking that you're getting a tax benefit from it, you need to rethink that. Now, if you're fine with it, go right ahead. Now, I'm not telling you not to, but what I'm saying is if you're believing that you're getting some sort of a tax benefit from it, I would consult with a professional. I would be a little leery on that because money isn't free isn't free you can't just if you're getting image money name image and likeness money i and you're trying to pull it off as this is charitable this is charity money you can't tax this no the irs will will tax you eventually if this all catches up and i think that's probably why again we're going to see maybe a little bit more focus on legislation to to try to sort this out 
304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. More coming up on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's Tuesday, June 13th. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. My name is Paul Swan. Our text line is open at 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Again, that's 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We've been talking about name, image, and likeness. If you just joined us, of course, name, image, and likeness going to probably create a little bit more of a headache for those who are using it as a way to avoid tax. As some of these uh, collectives have been set up as charities, that might be under review as well. And basically, I think the challenge here is if you've given to this thing under the impression that you're going to get some sort of tax break for this, some sort of tax bonus. You might be paying some of that back. if Because there are some that have these collectives. There are some that have been initially granted this status, but I think the IRS is looking more into what are you doing here? What is going on here? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, is you're basically finding new ways to give kids money to either come to your school or to stay at your school. That's what name, image, and likeness has become in my mind. It's a way to either bring kids to your school or keep them at your school. And that's going to continue until something is done on a grander scale, or if not, this is going to be the wild, wild west when it comes to law and order with name, image, and likeness. And this is going to impact a lot of coaches. There are going to be a lot of coaches that just can't compete at this game. There are going to be some – you know how the transfer portal sort of changed? I mean, coaches are now going to be able to work the transfer portal. And if you can't work the transfer portal, you might get left behind. You have to recruit kids. You go through the high school ranks, right? That's how you start looking for talent. You go through the high school ranks at the same time. You'll look at the available talent that's in the transfer portal, and then you have to research that talent. Why is this kid in the transfer portal? Why is this person leaving this school? Or they are at this school, wanted to prove themselves so they could get picked up at another school. I mean, a lot of people are gaming the system now. Okay, I couldn't get an offer previously. So I'm going to go here. I'm going to establish myself. Okay, I've established myself. There's a little bit more interest in me now. I've shown what I can do. And so here it is. And then you have individuals, maybe, maybe mostly above board, maybe not. That's where the NIL money comes in sometimes. And those opportunities, hey, you got some eligibility left. Once you get in the transfer portal, we'll bring you here. And you have to dance around that because kids are going to be asking more and more, what are my name, image, and likeness opportunities? What kind of NIL money can I get at Marshall, 
Kentucky, Ohio State, West Virginia. How much can I get? What can I get? What can I expect? Are there's are those opportunities there? And then of course you have We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to the drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're back on the air. Had a power strike here while I was doing the last segment. Took us off the air, rebooted everything in my studio. So if you were listening, waiting for some audio, and you've stayed this long, thank you. I appreciate it. Unfortunately, it took us off the air for a few minutes, or at least took us out, took everything out. I was sitting here with the computers blinking and lights flashing all over the place. So apologize for the technical difficulties we experienced here today. I do appreciate everyone sticking around. My name is Paul Swan here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We do this every single day, most of the days, without power strikes to knock us off the air. Unfortunately, today being that day. So hopefully we'll knock on wood and hope that's going to be the last one for a long time to come. We've had a good conversation today. So for those of you who have had, for those of you who've missed the show, you're just tuning in late. We've been talking about name, image, and likeness. And thankfully, we can post that. We're going to post some of this on the podcast. We're going to try to salvage what we can here. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, we were successful in salvaging this. We'll get more into it as the weeks progress. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Congress, what happens with the Internal Revenue Service. Are there going to be tax implications here? Will people under the under the thought of, hey, I'm going to do this, I'm giving this money, it's going to be, I can, I can write it off of my taxes here. I'm making a charitable contribution here, so there's some value here for me here. And the IRS might come back and say, you know what? No, that that not exactly what that's about. And it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that the IRS is probably going to look at this more and go, that's not charity. Giving a giving an amount to an organization that is a collective for name, image, and likeness is not a charitable donation. I mean, what is name, image, and likeness? It comes right down to it. You're paying a collective to fund the collective and being able to make name, image, and likeness deals with student-athletes and attract or retain student-athletes And a lot of it is putting cash in the kid's pocket, which I'm not opposed to putting cash in a kid's pocket. It's just that IRS might not like how it's going down right now. And that's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sticking around. We've got Pirates baseball coming up tonight. It's going to be a later game than you expect. Take it on the Cubs. 805 first pitch right here on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. Until then, have a great night, everyone.
WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington. This is your radio home for Pittsburgh Pirates baseball, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.